One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Redmen TV. It is the build up show. Some very, very inappropriate conversation pre filming, which is fine. It's all over. Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Jay. Um, yeah. um, anyway, it is the build up. We're playing Leicester at the weekend. I'm Paul Machin, Chris Page, actually, in the studio. Jay Pearson and Earl Smith join us from home. Um, look, we're going to dive into the game, but we've, we've had the news sort of uh, come out just before we've gone live. Obviously, um, we, there were rumours about. Yeah, Jürgen Klopp's mum being unwell. Apparently, it's true that she passed away on the 19th of January. Jürgen Klopp can't go back for the funeral. Uh, I just want to say, uh, there's obviously a lot of an amazing amount of well wishes on on social media and stuff, but it goes without saying. I think we forget sometimes. You know, we talk a lot about how things are impacting players, but you know, there's the guy whose task it is to to front everything up, and he's obviously going through some. Heavy stuff. I think we all imagine the older you get, the more you're just naturally capable of dealing with stuff. But it doesn't matter how old how old you are. You know it, that's a yeah, it's, a, it's a, a horrendous situation he's going through. Yeah, it is. And look, I've never lost a parent, um, so I, I don't know what he's going through. But obviously, you know, you, you've, we've all lost loved ones and stuff like that. So from us here at Redman TV, and I'm sure every one of our viewers wouldn't mind us saying like just. Apologies and hope you're all right and all that type of stuff to you. you yeah, know? it's. Uh, I mean, just before we dive into um, Jay, it's it's just it's tough. It speaks to the difficulties of the world situation. It speaks to what Liverpool are going through at the moment, and you know, particularly you know, with the where everything's on top of all of us at the moment, and there are things that are more important. But yeah, we do. I think it's important that we remember we have to rehumanise these these people. I've talk, I spoke a lot in the last week or two about how footy's become a telly programme. And for yeah. some people it was always that, but it was never that, you know, it certainly wasn't that for me. It's always been a live a live and breathing entity and you know, to be able to to, to, to most of us would take a few days off to say the very least in those kind of situations and um, yeah it, 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 you know it's not like an excuse making thing or whatever but it's certainly a consideration when you look at how strong a character Jürgen Klopp is and how he's been able to continue to press on in, in the face of what as we say is a, a pretty shitty situation Absolutely the one word that springs to my straight away is perspective and that just puts everything into perspective doesn't it and if, if that man has not been under enough pressure as it is. This just, you know, it, it's nothing compared to what he's feeling right now, and it is. It's just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, I, I just don't know what the situation is. Is for him to go back home, you know, with the obviously the restrictions and the even the game for the Champions League has been changed because of the country regulation. So hopefully, he gets to go back in some, you know, in, in a way. And I just, it's so sad. But again, like you said, mate, football has been telling it, and once again, it, it rightfully takes a backseat in situations like this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, listen, we're going to crack on with the the chat for Leicester. Um, and all the reality is, if we if we beat them, we go above them. Um, if they beat us, they go six points clear. You know, it couldn't be more fine margins, and there couldn't be a better time for Liverpool to get their acting gear. Really, 
Oh no, I couldn't agree more. It's 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 now or never. It's do or die time, isn't it? That battle for top four is is officially on, and I think that would give us kind of kind of give us a little bit more confidence again that we you know that's where we belong. The work that we've put in over the last couple of years, I don't want it to just become unravelled at this moment in time, especially with you know a couple of other teams breathing down our neck. So if that was the result for us in our favour to go above them, you know, I think that'd give the rest of the team the morale to kind of just kick on from there. Yeah, I completely agree on that. And and this is this is what is it, Al? I almost felt a, a slight wave of depression coming over me talking about this top four battle and all this oh. kind of stuff. Because we've done that. We've had we've had years and years of that. We're and past that, Paul. No, I know, but it's no, but it's no, but it's true, isn't it? It's you know, you do you you genuinely your hope is that Liverpool had evolved beyond it. And you know, we've had plenty of conversations around the, the the trials and tribulations and the injuries and what that's done to undercut the overall quality of this side on a consistent basis. But it is that unfortunately there's no crying about it. There's nothing we can do about this now. It'd be it'd be great if Liverpool had, you know, mega rich owners who could throw money at problems in every transfer window and get fix every problem with fifty million pound footballers. It'd be great if we had more players who were completely resistant to career ended or season ending knee injuries. That would all be lovely. But the reality is what the reality is. Liverpool are in and in it now. Leicester and Everton with the with the Champions League game sandwiched in between is you know that it's tricky, it's telling, but it's going to be a battle of who who deserves to be higher up the table, and that's that's the goal, that's the task that's faced with Liverpool yeah, now. If they want to be crap, they can be crap. I think this is massive for for a couple of reasons you mentioned. You know, it could be a potentially six point gap if Leicester were to beat us, but you know, there's potential that it could be eight to Manchester United. And what we don't want from this weekend is to be in a battle for fourth. Yeah. That's what this is for me mm-hmm. this weekend. It's if we win this game, we're in a battle for second and third place. Yeah. If we lose this game, we're in a battle for fourth with Chelsea, West Ham, Tottenham, Everton. Yeah. You know, and you don't want to be going in a, a battle with four or five other teams. You need to be able to try and pull away from those teams that are lower down the table than yeah. us. That's how important this game is. There's either three spots up for grabs for us or there's one spot up for grabs. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And that's that's the point. Is nothing's decided here, Jay, by any stretch. You know, there's still loads of footy to be played, and I'm sure there'll be bad runs of form from all kinds of different teams. But you, you don't want to create yourself not just a like a physical mountain to climb in terms of a, a points tally, but a psychological thing that comes with it as well. Because you know, you're left with a world where you you are hoping that other teams have big, massive crises and what have you. It's one thing to hope Man City do that. Which is unrealistic, but then to hope mm. that two or three other, you, you know, you're hoping for a bunch of other football teams to to fall foul of a bunch of different things. Nonsense! Liverpool have just got to actually go and, and get a grip of their own season. Absolutely, mate. And you don't want the stress again of got of worrying about the next game. You want three points in us to have that little bit of cushion behind you. And the way we're all feeling right now, in terms of the way we've been playing the last few weeks, and um, it's it's so stressful because you think right, I don't want to be losing again I don't want to fall further behind and it, it, another three points will give everybody not just the players but the fan base that massive boost of, co- boost of confidence that we can turn this around and we can cement a top four place early yeah yeah completely and, and it, look it is now that the, the mission Errol is just to well win a game of football and then when you've won a game of football, go and win another game of football. And then win another game of football. Because, I mean, look, you know, you're looking at the, the league now. We were talking about this on the final word. I think it was this week that, you know, all of the teams in the top, I, I, from second down to sort of, what, eighth, 
with the exception of Chelsea and I think West Ham actually, but it's, it's between two and three wins out of five. No one's in great consistent form, but at the moment Chelsea win three games back to back and they're the team on the up and they're the team that look like they're going to be striding into the, into the top four. It sounds very simple, but that's what Liverpool just need to do. It, it feels less simple because if it was dead simple, we should have been doing it for weeks. Um, but, you know, again, we can't we can't worry about what's gone before. The one thing I'm trying to be optimistic about and, uh, and trying to be positive about is the, the, the standard of football. And that's not to say that the standard hasn't been great the last couple of weeks from the op- opposition. But in terms of the opposition we've just faced or we've just recently faced, it's going to be City, Leicester, Leipzig, Everton. They're going to be teams that won a game at Togger at the end of the day. The teams that had broken us down before that, they weren't really known for wanting to try and beat us. It was more of a sucker punch. We will just sit back and we'll let Liverpool beat themselves, which in a few incidences we have done. Um, And that's not disrespecting them. I don't think I've seen anyone play us off the park yet still. I don't really think City played us off the park. At times they played really well, but they didn't blast us off the park. We kind of was our own worst enemy in that respect. So I'm just thinking maybe the standard of the opposition in the next couple of weeks generally helps us raise our game yeah. and we just kind of live up to that challenge and that's what I'm kind of trying to cling on to a little bit. Yeah, there is a degree to which in this and it's, it's tough with the Man City thing because it's come, it's come in a really tough run. The Brighton stuff, it's hard, it's hard to excuse Brighton and it's hard to excuse Burnley and all that kind of stuff but what you've got, you know, when people talk about like, you know, whether you're, you're challenging for a title or whether you're, you're defending a title or whatever, you can come up against, if you're in a boxing analogy, you can come up against another supremely talented fighter and you can just get beaten by them because they're better than you and I, I do feel that was the, the issue with the City thing but in Leicester and, and Everton to come I think you've got pretenders to the throne in some way that is a that should light a fire in the belly of these players and, the, and I think it has done largely when you come but we, but we played really well against Leicester earlier in the season we did similar against yeah. the Wolves and Arsenals etc I quite like the idea of coming up against Leicester in some regards because, as, as Edel says, there it's a team with ambitions to be where we're at, and I don't I don't feel that Liverpool are, the, are these bloated, aging heavyweights that some are portraying it as. We need to make sure that we've still got the hunger improving. Yeah, they're a, listen, Leicester are a good side, and everybody knows that. You know, they've been doing it consistently for a couple of years now under Brendan and stuff, but they haven't got that knockout power in the same way that maybe Manchester City have. You know, and, and that's something that City can do to any team yeah. on any day. Leicester are a good side, but they can still be got at. You can still get a result against them. You know, they've not been in great form themselves over the last sort of month. Admittedly, they've had Jamie. Vine are they missing for a spell of time and stuff like that but the likes of Madison's and Tielemans has been stepping up in, in his absence and Harvey Barnes has done really well this season as well we've seen him get on the score sheet a lot over the last few weeks and stuff but you know I fancy us against Leicester I fancy us against anyone that's the thing and you know even with the form that we're in on our day we can still beat teams it's just whether we can get that consistency together to get a run of games yeah absolutely and obviously we'll, we'll talk about how, who Liverpool are going to sort of put out on the field in, in, in the second part of course Jay but Jamie Vardy being back, there's just a little part when he comes back from injury, comes off the bench and you're like, ah, like it couldn't have been, couldn't have been any more perfectly timed. He loves playing against us. We hate him. Um, and all and all those things, and that will be a that will be a major consideration in whatever Liverpool choose to do. That they've got the top goal scorer back, uh, and he's always going to be a player who causes problems. Absolutely, like you said, Paul, he's been a thorn in our sides ever since we played against him in that first game a few years back, and it's he's he's a lethal player at the end of the day. He's such a t- and we've got to respect that as well. And it's going to be a test. And you know, we'll come on to the team 
and what we think we'll do anyway. Uh, but, you know, it's a big test for that back four against the likes of Jamie Vardy and especially depending on what centre-back partnership we do. I think it's the 2,777th partnership we're going to have on Saturday for the season. So we'll see what he puts out. And, um, yeah, it's a big test. But, you know, one will relish because at the end of the day, we do need a big turn of turn of form, confidence. And I, I do think that um, we will be able to manage less. Like Chris said, you know, we can't beat anybody on our day. and We've just got to... It's got to have that attitude, but yeah, Jamie Vardy. Just if we can keep him quiet, you generally keep Leicester quiet. Yeah, I mean, and that's—I think that's fair. You know, to some extent, they are, Chris is right. They have got other players around there who are picking up the slack. Absolutely, where they are, where they are. You know, but yeah, I think there's a message I think in the Leicester game here, um, Edel, because it goes back to Chris's point about whether we're now playing for second or whether we're in a, a dogfight for fourth. You know, mm-hmm. and if you can go, if you can go away to Leicester and put in a, a, a big a big performance and get a result no matter what it looks like. Um, it says that Liverpool mean business and it, it kind of, it, it reminds people that Liverpool are the best team in the country who fall, who've, who've slipped up, not another one of those teams who are Europa League fodder, who are having, who are having a, you know, a bit of a bounce or whatever. Yeah, I like, I like exactly the point Chris made about obviously trying to now nail on either second or third and kind of getting ahead from the, the chasing pack. I think that is going to be really important for us. And I, I think it would just send, especially beating, you know, as you were saying before, Paul, that kind of the pretenders in Leicester almost, potentially beating them, hopefully, would be would send a massive like signal to the other teams in the league. And more than anything else, we I don't think we're at that point where we're desperate but I think it is now or never where we just kind of need to start showing our qualities again. But again, as I was saying before, it, we only get the chance to do that against teams that want to play against us. And I don't think Leicester will shit out their way for a result. I think they'd rather try and lose with a bit of pride. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we, from, uh, the messages thing, I think, is is, is important for us to, to, to get over, really, because you want to be telling all the chasing pack. It's like when you're top of the league and you want to tell everyone that just don't win at your business anymore. City have done it. Yeah, exactly. City have done yeah. That. And we so need to do that to the other teams underneath and go, mm-hmm. oh, we're probably not going to catch Liverpool, but who can who can yeah, we catch? I, I just want I just want Manchester United looking over their shoulder and not looking above them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you do. And it's the same with Leicester. Make them think behind them and drag them into your battle and then try and get over the top. And we don't want to be dragged into a battle that the teams are currently behind us. There's still teams there that can get ahead of us, like Everton, they win their games in hand, they can get ahead of us and stuff. So we've just got to focus on what's in front of us, what's above us in the table. Leicester of that team right now and it's a perfect opportunity to get level with them on points that's it I mean we very much need to actually just stop losing to teams that are in the bottom six positions in the table would be good but you know we can't solve that problem in the next couple of weeks <laughs> we've got this type of problem in front of us so we should probably probably focus on and that we shouldn't one. forget though as well Paul that Leicester have got a game tonight against Brighton and Hove Albion in the FA Cup you know, allow, he changed this side, I believe it was a couple of games ago. It might have been the fourth round of the FA Cup, something like that. Um, it was Leeds, actually, in the league, wasn't it, where they lost 3-1. And it was a massively changed side there. And so I wonder whether he's going to do something similar against Brighton. Luckily for us, Premier League opposition in a competition, he'll think he can get a little bit further in. Yeah. So maybe he has to play a few of his lads and that might play into something for us at the weekend. Absolutely. And, you know, and again, we keep hoping that all these teams that were rivals... We're 
with having these extra matches will pay dividends at some point. Surely at the end of the season it will. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and I'd love to see some evidence of that because the moment every time we don't play we seem to get worse. Um, but no, we'll, we'll, we'll see on that and I think it's an interesting debate to be had around how Liverpool go particularly at the back but we'll, we'll come on to that um, after the break. Before the break though we've got a trivia question I'm going to hand it to the man who wrote it. Um, <laughs> Chris Pager. Okay. Brendan Rodgers has only won once as a manager against Liverpool back in May 2012 when he was manager of Swansea. Danny Graham scored the only goal of the match in the 86th minute. But for the point, who was the goalkeeper for Liverpool playing behind a back four of Glenn Johnson, Danny Agger, Jamie Carragher and left-back Martin Kelly? Bonus points if you can get the substitute goalkeeper who was sat on the bench that day too. Wow. Wow. There you wow. go. What a double a bonus points if you get the squad numbers. Not really. Uh, right, yes, uh, before... Uh, yeah, get your answers in the comments section along or you can just tweet us for fun. Uh, or you can just shout it out the window, whatever you fancy. But yeah, we have a very short break. Uh, I spoke to the Athletics uh, and author of a Jürgen Klopp biography, Bring the Noise, Rafa Honigstein, about what kind of impact Ozan Kabak could have at Liverpool. Uh, have a little sneak peek of this. His aggression, you know directed, focused, well-channeled aggression. That's what you want from a centre-back. A guy who's a kind of breathing down the striker's neck, trying to get to the ball first, not giving him an inch. Tough, really tough character, strong in the air. The type of centre-back that everyone wants. Um, yeah. Maybe not a Van Dijk on the ball, but then who is, really? Um, maybe some, you know, some area of improvement there when it comes to distribution. But when you're so good in the in the basics of defending at such an early age, then that explains why so many clubs want you because centre backs tend to develop a little bit later. Don't know if that's just a a cliche that doesn't withstand the stats, but certainly that's how a lot of people think when they think of, of centre backs. So to have someone who's capable of doing that now as a teenager or, or now a twenty year old. Is, is very enticing. And I think yeah. people see see huge potential and, and huge scope for becoming even better. Welcome back. Yes, the full insight uh, from Raf Honigstein is available now on the redmantv.com alongside one from uh, John Welsh, who was Preston captain uh, at the time when Ben Davies joined the club as well. Real insight into what kind of footballer he is uh, as a footballer and as a man uh, from both people there. Um, yeah, Philip was two new centre-halves, completely exclusively on the redmantv.com. So go sign up and check them out. Um, yes, Chris, the question was... Who was the goalkeeper when Brendan Rodgers won a game against Liverpool? Uh, uh, Jay Pearson? Uh, Donny. Alexander Donny. <laughs> He's got it in one. Correct. Backup goalkeeper? Number, num, uh, no, I've I'm, I'm, I'm lost that one. Uh, Fideli? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I said Mignolet, but no, it's probably not right either. Brad Jones. Brad Jones was indeed. Brad Jones. So well done to Nathan Fitzpatrick, who got it in very, very quickly as well, well into the YouTube done, comments. Well done. I, you, because you, you asked me this before, and I got it. Yeah. And I, I'm I, shocked. I was it, like, what? Yeah. If you'd asked me who was left back that day, I'd have had no chance. I'd have never <laughs> had Martin Kelly at left back in a bazillion years. But that was that mad period where we ended up with the FA Cup games. Yeah. Where Brad Jones plays because Donny gets suspended. Is it Blackburn? Donny gets Blackburn. sent off against. Got sent off. Brad yeah. Jones. Comes on, saves the pen, and then nearly give, and then nearly gets sent off with his next touch. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a quite quite memorable time. Front two, 
2012. Suarez and Carroll. Correct again. Look at that. Number number thirty-two, yes, Donny was savage. Yesel, oh man! I'm sure he was on If we're playing former Liverpool player top trumps, uh, <laughs> just pulling out the most random names, you've just won that one there. I, I think the wingers were Stuart Downing and Maxi Rodriguez in that game. Yeah. I remember from my research before. Outrageous! Outrageous! Right? Okay. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, um, Chris Pajak. Who do we start at centre-half versus Leicester? And more importantly, Jamie Vardy. I hope <laughs> that Liverpool play Davies and Kabach. But I think that Klopp will select Fabinho and Kabach. I um I completely agree with that. I I it's a tough one, and I appreciate there's a lot of like different moving parts of this that need to be considered. Fuck them. And I, no, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 but there's a, there's a point at which I go, yeah, absolutely throw the new centre back pair in him because it's the benefits down the line. It's a new centre back partnership anyway. Yeah. Is what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it may as well just be a brand new centre back partnership. Well, it is. That's the point, isn't it? You throw Fabinho and Kabak in. It's a new centre back partnership. It's Leicester away. I know. Fuck and them. as mentioned, they go six <laughs> points clear of us if they if they manage to get the win here. It's not only time to roll the dice; it's time to fucking blow on them as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I agree. For me, for me, it's Davies and Kabak. Just just chuck them in and let them get on with it, and put Henderson and Fabinho back in midfield. And I I would be shocked, shocked. It's hard to find unison on football conversations, more so when Liverpool aren't playing well, Jay. But I would be astounded if there wasn't a Liverpool fan, if there was a Liverpool fan on planet Earth who didn't want that. That's yeah. not saying that they think it will happen, but I think we surely we all just want to just see us put some centre halves in and put our best midfield out at this point. Oh, can you imagine the uproar if it's Fab and Hendo again? I don't even want. I think I'll, I think I'll put my phone in the bin. 
I, I just I can't even be bothered with my phone. I'll dump it in the bin because I can't be bothered with the other if it's Fab and Hendo. But yeah, we'll it's got to be at least Twitter. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just one. Just please, for God's sake, just put one in. Just at least one. I'd be happy with Davies to go in. I'd be happy with Kabak. But I agree with both of you. Just shove them both in because, like you said, we all expected at least one of them maybe in, in, a, in a parallel universe to be playing against City. That didn't happen. Look what happened. And yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And like you said, we are playing Leicester away. It could bite us in the bum, can't it? But at the end of the day, chuck them in. That's what we bought them for at the end of the day. So let's just get them in. Embed them yeah. quickly. We're saying that all this though, Errol, Nat Phillips is on the bench against Man City. No Davies on the bench for that one. I haven't seen that explained for anything other than no. it was just a decision on who was available, I guess, or, or you know, in training or whatever. So Davies know, makes the bench the first, the midweek yeah, game. He plays, he's on the bench for Brighton and no Kabak, yeah. And then Davies just isn't even featured amongst the among on the bench. At the right, lads, he's shit. You're not on the bench, mate. Well, this, no, but this is the point. This, what I'm kind of saying is that this is what we all want, but we're all making this decision. And I've just said, you know, Laterally, I believe every Liverpool fan, and I don't like to speak for everyone, but in this instance, I'm just going to do it. Everyone wants us to just do that, and yet we've got no idea whether these lads are actually good enough. You know, Kabak, I think, should be, but I don't know that they. I don't know the Davies, and it might be the flip reverse. There might be a point that Nat Phillips is actually in training has been better than these lads. Yeah, no, I don't see that. Again, that's no salt at, at Nath Phillips because what he's coming and done has been is, has been reasonably well mm. given the circumstances. I think, you know, I think Fabinho was resigned to play in centre-back for the rest of this season, no matter which way the wind blown. So as much as Liverpool fans want him to be pushed back into midfield, I think the priority for Klopp is to get Jordan Henderson back into that midfield and give us that kind of drive that we desire. I think for that reason, it's going to be Fabinho and Kabak just because we, we know what we can expect from Fabinho. You know, he's going to give us a, a solid 8 out of 10 and there will be those games where he'll play like just pretty much like Virgil van Dijk's double. So, if we can get that and then get somebody else who is just a seasoned centre-half next to him, then I think you know Klopp would probably favour that and push Hendo back in midfield. Yeah. Can, can I ask a question? What do you think when we went into this season that Liverpool's midfield three was going to be? Uh, I thought it was going to be Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago. That's what I think Klopp mm. wanted as well. I think it was the time when Wijnaldum probably starts to get fa- phased out of this side, doesn't he? And I think he should be doing everything in his power to get his preferred midfield three together. For me, Fabinho has been such a big miss and he's done such a good job at the back, but he's been such a good, a big miss and especially over the last six weeks. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. We've missed him in the midfield more than ever over the last six weeks and it's it's come at the time when Henderson's not played in the midfield as well so it's it's more noticeable because both of them are missing. I just do everything in my power to get them back together and go listen lads, you two just stay there. You know what you need to do. We've had a week to train for this one. I understand that it's going to be difficult for Klopp to, be, to put both centre-halves in but get that midfield in and let's find out about the front three. Yeah. What's going on with the front three? Because we all need to know Salah's playing well and scoring goals still but Firmino and Mane aren't the same you know the last few weeks can we get that midfield together if we can get that midfield together give us an idea where the front three are do we need to make changes in the summer do we need to plan for next season without one of them do we need to mix that front three up without getting your midfield back together I don't think you can categorically say whether the front three is fucked or not yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and this is the, this is the thing for me. It's just for I just don't we just yeah, it, it we can't gauge the quality of what we've got. It's big question, but becomes who do you need most? Let's say you can only do one. 
let's say you're only he's only prepared for whatever reason to to release one of Henderson and Fabinho back into the midfield for this game. What do you need more for Leicester away? Hendon. Do you need Fabinho in the six or do you need Henderson? In, well, it, it would be Henderson in the six, I imagine. So it's not like you're getting Henderson mm. in the eight, which is another consideration. Wayne Adam has played well in the six, but I still agree. I still think Henderson will play the six. But I'd prefer to see if you, if his preferred midfield was Fabinho with Thiago and Henderson. At some point, I'd like to see Thiago and Henderson as the eights. Yeah. But I do think that he'll go, I do think he'll go Hendo six. Yeah, because it's, it's, there's an interesting thing. I don't know if you've seen this. I mentioned this on the Reds News Roundup show today, which is going out uh, shortly on the redmantv.com if you want to get involved with this. We had a great discussion about uh, the future of Cater and Oxley Chamberlain in particular. But there's a graphic doing around on Twitter from Statsbomb, and it's the ball progression and security chart. And it's basically saying that like, Thiago Hen- and Henderson and Curtis Jones are brilliant basically at being secure in possession but also playing a high percentage of balls penetratively and that kind of thing and it's whether that kind of point is this is like I think we do need Fabinho and I think we I think he's part of the most balanced Liverpool side but is the depth I do also feel like Jordan Henderson he just offers so his dynamism is a thing that we need and but it's but not necessarily but, from the six and also not necessarily mm-hmm. against Leicester you know because Leicester are a team that might, might that could should leave a few more spaces you might actually just need the shielding of Fabinho it's probably every other team you know any team out from 16th from six or something downwards you probably need Henderson more forward you might actually just need Fabinho more just to Fabinho offers us so much it's almost like we've forgotten how much he offers us in an yeah. offensive sense as well yeah. you know those little chip balls over the top to the from from players and stuff like that and the speed with which he plays the game that one two touch knows exactly where Trent's going to be knows exactly where Robbo's going to be every single time we think of Fabinho as being a defensive monster because he is but mm-hmm. he's so much more than that at the same time yeah definitely um, Errol go on then you know you're, you're, you're the manager for the weekend um, <laughs> sorry, sorry to drop this on you so at such it's short right. notice, but uh, you know it's it's your dream come true. You'll just sink or swim. Um, your pick who starting goal? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm back nah, in goal. Nah, 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 nah. The best keeper in the world gets to go back in goal. I think yeah, right. we, we can all let him off for the other day. I think I would, I seen a meme the other day where it was a, a grumpy old man on a bench with an umbrella next to the Liverpool badge, and he might be like, "I might be mad, but I still love you." And I think yeah. that just perfectly summed up how we all felt about Alisson the other day. So Alisson was so catastrophically shit against Man City <laughs> that it's almost a bit like the Aston Villa away results where yeah. it was such an anomaly that you Obviously. kind of have to go, shrug, yeah, don't do it again. But yeah, kind of pick yourself up. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, I would have, obviously, Trent and Robbo, right back, left back. And then if it was me, I'm sticking with what I said before. I think Fabinho has probably been the, the linchpin for that defence since Virgil van Dijk's been out. And I would put the new guy back in next to him just to kind of throw him in. It's type of tempo and the level of game we're going to want to get from him for performance-wise moving forward. That's the stake. That's what's, what's at stake. To be fair, and then obviously that midfield would be Hendo, Genie, Thiago, and then obviously the the tried and trusted from three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the, the the other alternative to this, because I think I think again, I, I think that's absolutely fine. I wouldn't be shocked to see that at all. Jay, is there something to the Jordan continuing with Jordan Henderson at centre half over Fabinho, if only because of you know, as as the left side of centre half, I think Henderson's been flawless. In, in mm. that game and I know I have to kind of temper this with the fact that 
he looks so desperate to not play there, and I don't get that sense from Fabinho, other than yeah. maybe he's thinking if I continue to give away soft fouls in and around the penalty area, the manager will just have to move me 20 yards further up the pitch. Maybe that's how he ended up centre-back, well, because he's been doing that in the DM position for years, and that was, yeah. that was the thing. If I give him yellow cards on the edge of the box, maybe, yeah. he'll, uh, maybe he'll move me to an eight. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe there's just something to that. You know, the Henders, put Henderson as the left-sided centre-half, which I think he's found a, he's found a reasonable degree of comfort in, which still gives you his range of passing from there. You yeah. put Kabach alongside them, and but you put Fabinho back into DM, and that gives you that extra level of just security as well to the team. Certainly does. So, I mean, like Chris said, you, you can win with either one, can't you? In the if you put one of them in midfield, you know, you get certain attributes that you missed for weeks, and you're going to get them back anyway. So, it's really positive. For me, I've, from a curveball perspective, I wouldn't be surprised um, if you've got the Hendo and Davies option because it's two English lads at the back against a, you know, Vardy who's the old school English centre forward. Ben Davies will know how to handle a, 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 an English centre forward like Vardy. You know, that's new to Kabak and stuff like that. Was just something like out of the blue that I mm-hmm. thought of earlier on that it could be an option, and it, you know, it's a, it's a great option when you've got you know so, some new players to bed in and stuff like that. But I do think Kabak will get the nod. Um, personally, I'd, I'd just like to keep Fabinho in there just for stability and, and the way it's been since October, September. So, yeah, I mean that's it. Again, it'll boil down to who, what, what is the pecking order? We don't know what the pecking order is for this whole thing yet because it'll, that'll sort of settle down. I think in the in the coming weeks, it's just tough because this is going to take huge, huge bottle and a massive amount of bottle in the in the next what week, week and a half because. These are three games that are going to define how our season shakes out. You know, whether as we said, are we are we a Europa League team that on a, with a little bit of headwind and a bit of luck, we we'll scrape into into fourth. Um, are we a team that's fighting to win the European Cup this season? If we if we, yeah, these next three games, I can't. Yeah. It, it is I, what it is. Big mass. I, I think Kabak. I think Kabak has to start in, in in one of these in this game. Also for the fact that it's Leipzig. You know, you've got next week and he's played against those players before yeah. and he by all accounts mm. they've not done well Schalke in the league this season, <laughs> so maybe you don't want it more. but you get you take my point. Yeah. He knows Leipzig as well, so get a little bit of familiarity with the defence before he comes up against players that he's come up against before and then see where you are forever. And if he can go again, I'm sure he'll be able to go again. He's mm. a young lad. Um but for me that's where I'm sort of thinking. That's why I'm leaning towards more Kabak at the moment, because mm. I know how high his ceiling is and also he's he's obviously played against Leipzig. Yeah. And the thing about Ben Davies, what we don't know, Edel, is if he's just been bought as just another body. Yeah. Has he been bought with an eye that he's going to play, like he's going to be a new first team centre half? Because I think that's the case with Kabach. I think the idea with him and what, you know, his, his progression from youth player at Galatasaray being moved very early to the Bundesliga, being like cherry picked from Stuttgart, brought from Stuttgart over um, over to Schalke, del- del- deliberately by him, and I forget the name, but it was mentioned by Raf Honigstein in an interview. He's one of the coaches, was it? Yeah, he, he's thought of. He's always been thought of as being on a pathway to superstardom. Whereas mm-hmm. we, we'll we'll see on the Davies stuff because if he's if he's good enough, then he, there's no reason why he shouldn't play. He's a left side of centre half. He's seen as being quite composed, as being able to cover, you know, and do, do those kind of things. And then you got Kabak, who's the who's the more physical, more combative, more front foot. They should dovetail quite nicely as a partnership. But again, until we have a clearer picture of what Davies is, because there's a good chance we bought him and he's just there in case Fabinho gets injured. Hmm. Yeah. Or Henderson I, gets injured. hundred percent. I think it's 
obviously we would never have had these ideas at the beginning of the season, but the competitions at the beginning of the season would have been better suited to kind of bed these two young players in with the likes of the early rounds of the League Cup or, you know, early Champions League fixtures when we've kind of done well out of the group stages or whatever it might have been then. You would have kind of got a sense of where they're at given the crop of players that they're going to be playing with now. Unfortunately, as you just said there, Paul, this is the do or die end. Klopp only really has one role of the dice with this and they yeah. have to land in his favour. Um, and, you know, the house can't win. We've got to win this time round. Now that's how I'm seeing it. So I think, you know, what you just said there, everything's pointing a Kabak's direction in terms of the, the ceiling for him and the potential that, that we see. I just think right now, he needs to be able to be playing against the, the level that we're going to expect from him moving forward. So there is no point in leaving him out if we're not going. To, we're only going to use him further down the line for a West Brom or another Villa or anything like that. He needs to be in from now on. I understood the reason behind City because I think you're getting thrown into a you know a ring of fire from that. Do you know what I mean? Like the baptism of fire that game if it goes wrong. But all the others moving forward, that's the level we're going to be expecting you to be able to play at for Liverpool. Mm. Let's see if you've got the materials. I, I that I spot on that, and that's what it goes back to. It goes back to a bit of, to the bottle side of things. Is that it's look you can't you, you you wish there was some games where you know you're going to come against a team that's not going to throw loads of things at you and attack you with a well, they've got a world class centre forward. It'd be nice if we didn't have to come up against the world. How's he not forward. lost a half a yard of pace? Yet? He's thirty four. Genuinely ridiculous. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I no idea. Yeah, maybe. Uh, no, that's really bad. I'm not going to say that. Um, Maybe he's, maybe it's like you know maybe a secret a secret English defence league cabal is uh, oh. is all giving him some sort of mad treatment or whatever. Um, maybe he's got, he's got Church of England power behind him. Who knows? Um, the uh, sorry, uh, the <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's loads of them. Um, but yeah, I, um, the um, it's just funny. Um, the um, yeah, I, it's an in ideal world, and it's you can't cherry pick who you're coming up against. So as much as it is tough games, it's tough shit. You know they're either going to be they're either they either go in and they find out if they're good enough or not or or whatever. We can't we can't keep them wrapped up forever and hope that a, run, no, a perfect but, run of fixtures like, will arrive. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I mean, obviously we know we've had we've had struggles defensively and all that type of stuff. But if you get our midfield working like it did last season and you get our attack working and we start winning the ball back high up the pitch and stop giving up opportunities every two minutes, then then that should solve the problem. You should, yeah. you should have less to do. It, it, if you can get that midfield and attack right, they should have less to do. 100%. And you, you know what we need, Jay? More, uh, uh, on top of all this, because I, I think Liverpool's problems are multifaceted and I hope getting the midfield back up and running is a, is a key component to sorting this. But... Hinted at before, I could we could really do with Sadio Mane getting back to a run of goal scoring form because he for me he's the difference. I think if you can get two lads who are score who are regularly scoring, that's how you that's the difference between being a team that fights for fourth and a team that fights for first or second in the league. To be yeah. honest, there's a reason, man. You know, there's a number of reasons, and this is an oversimplification to some extent. But because, like, look, City aren't scoring loads of goals across the board. To be fair, but they're spreading their goals out quite nicely. They're not a hundred percent reliant on that one fella who's doing it all. Leicester have done okay there and there. They've got Harvey Barnes who's scoring a few goals as well. But by and large, their team is hinged upon Vardy being the main threat at the moment. Salah is doing his job. Salah is the top goal scorer in the league. He's got 22 goals, I think, in all competitions for us. It's it's a bit daft to ask more from Salah. You need to we need to look at Firmino and we need to look at Mane and go, 
now would be a good time for them to both find the shooting boots. Yeah, absolutely. The the old um, common thing that was thrown at us as Liverpool fans was, oh, your midfield never scores and all that sort of stuff. That's what it has been for years, hasn't it? Obviously, with Gerard getting everything. But then it's, it hasn't bothered the last four years because the front three have been amazing, so we haven't cared whether we've got goals from midfield. Whereas now you are realising that, you know, great teams like you know like City will will spread the goals around, Paul, like you said. And it's evident last year of how well we did because Sadio Mane was on fire. He absolutely w- was, from day one, he was fantastic. So, yeah, we do need the old Sadio Mane back. But obviously, Robbo is um, so important to Sadio Mane in the way he plays down that left-hand side as well because he offers that support. He offers decoys for it as well. So, we need uh, the Andy Robbo that we've, that we've had all season again as well. But, yeah, most importantly, mate, Mane needs to be chipping in. It's, I mean... Yeah, seven goals in the Premier League so far this season for Mane in particular. Like we can make excuses for Bobby Firmino all day long, and we know he's never going to be the guy who's who, who's the main source of goals for you. He still needs to be better. He's, we've had some good games out of Firmino in the last couple of weeks, which I think is a real note of encouragement. Him finding a nice consistent level, of, a higher consistent level, would be good. But again, I can't get past the Mane stuff. He's, I mean, again, look at Man United. It's Bruno Fernandes and it's Rashford. Yeah. <clears throat> if the left one don't get you, then the right one will, is the old expression. And you can stifle Salah, but that means that you're leaving some space. But we're not at the minute. It's, it's like if you stifle Salah, the goals aren't coming from yeah. anywhere. When Liverpool, for us. When Liverpool mm. were playing their best, Sadio Mane is an absolute firecracker for us, and you know you can't stop him. You know he's he's enigmatic. He's direct. He gets goals. He brings others into play. Andy Robertson was mentioned there by Jay quite rightly. We're not seeing that. It's not. It's not just like the last few weeks. It's not just the goals that we're missing. We're missing his all round game. Doesn't seem to be there at the moment. And you know he has had this during the winter months. Remember when he first signed for us the first couple of years? It was like it always happens around Christmas, and then it stopped. But this season, I don't know what. I don't think it's anything to do with the winter, by the way. But Certainly, he's in a dip of form himself. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's compounded by the fact that Firmino's been in a dip right. as well up until recently, and Salah seems to just be scoring goals. Yeah, you know, doesn't seem to be. Although I think for the first part of the season, he was having one of his best seasons in terms of teamwork, mm-hmm. and how he was, how he was joining in with everybody else. That's dropped off a little bit. He's working hard still, yeah. but he's not bringing others into play in the same way. The front three is just not the same right now. And until they get back to form, we won't know whether they they will be the same again. It's just so hard to judge at the moment. Yeah, no, it is a it is a very tricky one, and this would be a very good time for that to not be a thing yes. anymore. Um, let's have a look at the other games happening at the weekend. Then, so Saturday sees Man City take on Spurs. Um, that would be lovely if this was the start of Man City's demise. Mourinho getting them back on top, but uh, yeah, I mean, mad, mad how Harry Kane magically reappeared last week after just like looking like he was going to be <laughs> dumb for ages. Both both his ankles just sound all of a sudden. I mean, I'm only angry because I talk about my fancy team. Um, what do you want in that one? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, we shouldn't. We should want Man City to just if they if Man City are none of our business, which they really might not be. But also, I refuse because I'm a romantic at heart <laughs> to let to, to fully let go of the notion that Man City can go on a five game def- losing streak. Okay. Um, once Mourinho shows the world how it's done, <laughs> he did it. Though. He beat them earlier in the season, didn't he? It was this season when he beat them at their own game. So I want Spurs to get the double. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. Mm, it's tight, isn't it? It's it, yeah. It, it is. I say fortune favors the ball. Let's not. I don't want to be a shit house about all of this, and I don't want to be. Wor- I shouldn't. I don't want to be worried about Tottenham. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be worried about Tottenham. But I, I, mean, I think I want to draw. 
Yeah. And then it's a bit of both in it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't gain too much ground on us, and there's st- that hope's still there. But I think the realist in me says we should probably just want City to get them out the race. Yeah. Well, it's mad, isn't it? Because again, it, you know, you've, you've rightly put Brighton Villa in here and Arsenal Leeds and Everton Fulham um, and West Ham Sheffield United is all the week. But I don't, I'm not. I can't bring myself to consider any of them as important fixtures because that's is, loser talk. The problem is, all of the top nine have got a chance at yeah, the moment yeah. of getting top four. Yeah, it's mad, isn't and it? And we need to call some of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? They need so to call themselves. Tottenham getting cold by Man City is a thing. Like, that's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're in a bit of bad run of form. Andy, they've lost three of the last five games. Tottenham, uh, much like another team that I know and love. Um <laughs> So yeah, they they could I, I could do with them losing. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that one. Um, so yeah, City Spurs is definitely the big game on there. Man United, West Brom, Man United. I mean, Jay, there's no one who would who would rightly put any money on West Brom in this because the garbage. No. But yeah, um, I also the, for them. the same notion. I could I, I could easily see this being a game where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is on the verge of tears on the on the touchline, and let's hope so. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be Sheffield United all over again, won't it? But they're away this time, so it's another little advantage, um, if it even is an advantage these days. But you know what I mean, don't you? So, yeah, it, again, this, this this league can throw up any sort of result, so it, it's so hard to predict. And this is the enjoyment, excitement we're having every week where we can cling on to hope that uh, everyone can, can put results in our favour. Yeah, is it? Was it? Did I see that was Leeds, Leeds Arsenal? Yeah, I think so. Arsenal versus Leeds. Wow, the battle for who finishes in the top half of the table. What a game that's going to be. Um, the uh, look, Newcastle, uh, Chelsea versus Newcastle. Level is, is is one where uh, if if you were if you were Thomas Tuchel and you were looking to get yourself settled in, you know they now they now the won the last three games. You'd be made up with Newcastle at home in this situation, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, definitely from his perspective. I just think he needs the only thing he's missing now is Timo Werner kind of getting in the mix and getting a few goals. And then I think he, he's lit the torch paper for his, his uh, manager career at Chelsea. So I'm not expecting big things from Newcastle. I don't think Newcastle fans are expecting big things from Newcastle in this result, to be fair. So, yeah. yeah the problem absolutely. with Tuchel's lighting the torch paper, as it were, is it, it'll burn out soon, like all Chelsea managers. Um, it's always short-lived, what, what isn't it? it? An 18-month contract. I yeah. mean, fucking hell. Says everything, What's doesn't it? Fuck, I love fuck, the fuck. fact that they're not even like yeah, hiding they, it anymore. We pay too <laughs> yeah. many managers too much money to get rid of them, so we're just going to do an 18-month deal, all right? Sounds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, okay, let's get back to um, Leicester versus Liverpool then. Chris Page, what do you think the score is going to be? I think the score is going to be 2-1 Paul to Liverpool Football Club. Yes! Oh, that's, that's Chris's. Let's that's, that's wrap it up, Alan. Um, Jay Pearson, <laughs> what do you think the score is going to be? Uh, completely agree, two one. Okay, Errol. I'm gonna be bold and I'm gonna go for four nil for Liverpool. That's why I like Errol. That's oh. what I am. Well, I genuinely think it's it's about time someone needs to be spanked. Do you know what I mean? And, and Leicester, I'm sorry, your time is coming. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Offered up slightly too quick there, Chris, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I'll take it. I'll take a. I'll take a four-one to Liverpool. Why not? Why not? Indeed. Um, yeah, let us know your score predictions in the comment section. What team would you go for? Who's your centre-back pair? Who's your midfield three? Is there anything else wild you're going to do in your selection? Uh, let us know. Uh, don't forget to drop a like on this video if you're on YouTube. Leave a review if you're on podcasting services. Uh, and, of course, you can check out all the additional uh, Liverpool streaming content we've got over on the RedmenTV.com. Exclusive insights into our new signings, uh, extra shows each and every week, and uh, interviews with Liverpool legends past and present. Boss, boss, boss. Um, yes, that 
that's us. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you all again at the weekend. We're going to be here with a live watch-along commentary on the weekend for that, so do come and join us. And, yeah, don't forget as well that we've got a whole new range of amazing merchandise in the Red Men shop, which you can have a little look at to see us out. Ta-da. <laughs>